0: Welcome to TLC The Light Conversations. This is a podcast series on well being and creativity, and I'm your host, Jada Del Drago. I'm coming back at you now with series two entitled Emerge and Evolve Inspiration, Conversations, Tools, and Tips for the Post Pandemic Evolution. As we now shift gears into the new normal, whatever that is, I find myself traveling for the first time in a year and a half. I have made it to Italia. And I'm coming at you for this episode from the beautiful gardens of Villa and Villa Anson Silli is a haven of peace and tranquility. ...full of medicinal plants in the gardens on the outskirts of Rome. And my guest today is an amazing writer, storyteller, lecturer... ...and founder of Story Gardens, Bernard Anson, a.k.a. Dado. I know him as Dado. So Bernard Anson Cili was born in Rome to a British father and Italian mother. He was educated at Harrow and Trinity College... And spent his formative years between Britain and Italy. Uh, As a young man, he took off to study in India. This fuels uh, tensions between northwest and southeast of the world, making him an extremely interesting person. In the late 80s, after 10 years in business around the world, he returned to Rome to pursue his passion for landscape narrative, and he founded Il Laboratorio dell'Umanesimo with eminent thinkers dedicated to humanistic, scientific, and transpersonal subjects. In 2000, he expanded his interests, also into cultural travel, and founded Story Gardens, based in Edinburgh and Rome. And he developed a collaboration with the Scottish Storytelling Centre and the Ruskin Institute for various projects, including Stories in Place, which is dedicated to story mapping. He presented this at the Edinburgh Festival in 2017 storyteller, lecturer, artist, and keynote speaker in both Europe and the USA. He's also the author of several works, including Carmen Villa, A Journey in the Songlines of Italy, and a book to, uh, that is coming out this year called The Garden of Crossed Destinies. He's also featured in a film about his world called Going Dado by David Rich. His current book, The Garden of Cross Destinies, also investigates the founding stories and legends of his own estate, Villa Ansensili, in particular of Livia Drusilla and her husband, Emperor Augustus. In part of the estate is located at the Imperial Villa di Livia with its famous nature frescoes, now conserved in Palazzo Massimo. These represent one of the most ancient and important examples of its kind in the world, and they have inspired an institutional project promoted by Anson, dedicated to art, nature and biodiversity. For all the 25 species depicted in the frescoes, for example, the Laurus nobilis of the Livia legend, these plants are all still growing in the garden to this day. Also inspired by Livia's plants is a project entitled The Manifesto of the Living Creatures, which is dedicated specifically to plant intelligence and plant medicine. For all these rivulets of diversified work flowing into only one channel of pressing legacy that is seeing the web of life that needs to be heard which is the voice of the plant kingdom wow that's quite an intro and you can probably tell I didn't write that myself because it's worded so beautifully of course Bernard wrote that or someone wrote that for him I didn't write that and I love the way it rolls off my tongue and I must a little short anecdote that my connection to Dado actually began over ten years ago when we were introduced by a mutual friend in Rome and he mentioned a script he'd written for me about the theme of the upcoming Eve of St. Agnes which was a few days later. It piqued my interest and within a matter of days we were running around the city together shooting this mockumentary, half-documentary, half-scripted fiction short film entitled The Eve of St. Agnes. And it was a quirky and beautiful film and a great way to get to know him, diving straight into a script he had written and seeing Rome from his perspective and, and really experiencing the power of storytelling, which he has greatly mastered. So it's a joy to be sitting down to chat with him today. On TLC, The Light Conversations, I am delighted to sit down with one of the most um, experienced and fantastic storytellers I know, Bernard anson today's guest on The Light Conversations to discuss storytelling, to discuss a bit of Italian history, and to discuss the plant kingdom and the healing power of plants. Bernard Anson, aka Dado, who is a writer, storyteller, lecturer, and founder of Story Gardens. We are recording on site on the estate of Villa Anson, a haven of peace and tranquility and uh, beautiful gardens and a swimming pool on the outskirts of Rome. Ciao, Dado. Dimmi un po' um, di questa bellissima posta. Tell me a bit about the history of this beautiful place from oracles to emperors to artists, thinkers, and famous white chickens.
1: Okay, <laughs> yes. and we'll do it in English, not in Italian. Okay, yes, right. but you
0: can always Sorry. throw a more Italian. I ball can throw in and... Italian. We, yes.
1: are, we are, after all, half Italian. Yes. Uh, I think to recap the history in a, uh, sort of in a fairly short uh, uh, number of words, uh, uh, you could say that my great-grandfather in the 19th century effectively... Purchased the estate Of Livia Drusilla Who was really the Augusta of Rome She was the wife of Emperor Augustus The mother of Tiberius And effectively The Empress of Rome Through two cycles um, And she effectively you know, Made most of the politics behind Augustus And also Tiberius So in purchasing The estate uh, We have the memories of um my mother, uh, in the summer season when they came to the castle, which is actually on the main part of the imperial villa, uh, she used to play around and the imperial villa was her playground. And, uh, if you like, she, instead of, uh, jigsaws, she played with the mosaics and, you know, she found things like, you know, the head of Augustus, uh, popping out of the ground and there was all this bounty coming out. And, um, so it, 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 the, the, um, the the part of the estate was actually the place where we're living in now, which is called Villa Anson Sili. But it was actually the part that where uh, the legend says. So the whole, if you like, story of the garden and the name of the garden was Ad Galinas Albas, and, and the whole quarter was Ad, Ad Galinas Albas, which means the white hens. And if you like, the the name of the garden and the villa. And the whole beginning of the um, Julio-Claudian dynasty, so really the beginning of the the, um, imperial phase of Rome, began in the garden through this prodigy, whereby uh, Livia was sitting in her garden one day playing knuckle bones, and then this uh, eagle flew over from Africa and dropped a snowy white hen on her lap. Uh, the, uh, the, 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 the snowy white hen was completely uh, unscathed And it carried a laurel twig in its beak And in those days, they used to want to know the meaning of everything Unlike today, when you just tend to sort of get washed over by a whole load of news and, and it stays there on a very superficial level But anyway, she raced over to the Oracle, which is actually in our garden It's over there, somewhat part of the Etruscan installation there uh, of you know about uh, almost a thousand years before her, and it was a it was a well-known temple and oracle. She came over and asked the oracle what it meant, and the oracle told her to um, go and plant the the laurel in her garden, and this then developed in the Lauretum which with which she then they they crowned the the the, the, the generals and the poets, and in fact, in theory, you could say the word poet laureate originated from this garden because the actual crown came from the garden and it was always a laurel the lauretum so the lauretum generated the garden and then the oracle said to put the white hen into production and from the first white egg she would know who would be the next first man in Rome and she was obviously put it into her attention because she had two sons Drusus and Tiberius and she had no sons together with Augustus who had Julia. Anyway, one way or another uh, Tiberius became uh, the emperor um, So it had the oracle The farm workers used to know about this They knew about the legendary side Our farm workers were very interesting people, they were illiterate in many ways, but they, they spoke Latin and with smatterings of Greek and some could even recite the Aeneid by heart, so that was that kind of illiterate, you know, uh, wonderful And they, they were a real memory anyway so they, they they carried this information there was all sorts of stuff happening here and one of the things that ha- occurred was that there was this group of Romans that from 1949 began gathering here this was the this was a, a, a farmhouse where my uncle escaped to because he fell in love with this mad red-headed woman who was not approved on she had prismatic eyes they used to terrify him she was also called red Odin uh, Odina la rossa which, you know, very disturbing, you know, to have a, uh, a daughter-in-law who had uh, those kind of, that kind of hair and those eyes and called Red Odin. So uh, <laughs> uh, it, my uncle had to escape it, but she was very, she was a sort of lucid maniac, uh, she, and the artists loved her, and they created a first community here, and it was called Il Chinako. Uh And the was a, you know, a group of, of, of artists that used to meet and exercise the horrors of war. They painted, they ate. They, they thought of a better future and they were harking back to the original Cenaculum of 38 BC um, when Livia and messinas, the, the great uh, patron of the arts of ancient Rome gathered around themselves in the garden people like Virgil uh, Horace, Propertius and Ovid who wrote the Metamorphoses which is particularly interesting because it has to do with transformation between humans and, and plants and, and animals and gods um, so this tradition Which began in 49 I then found myself When I came here Eventually I, st- I don't know what I spontaneously I'm a storyteller I tell stories I, I almost can't help myself I mean I just They have to shut me up And I With my Roman friends I just We started spending evenings. And I was telling Spinning great tales And the, they said Well let's let's organize this A bit, bit better we can, we can come out To your place You can tell us stories You can teach us To start telling stories Because Romans You know They have a hard time Doing this They're very much uh, rooted to the ground through this idea of um, empire and church. It's very hard for them to take off very easily. It's not a uh, a people that uh, that, um, um, has great ease with flights of fancy. Anyway, we started this uh, group, and they called it Chinako. And I said, I don't really like this name, Chinako. Why is it called Chinako? Then I discovered that it had always been called Chinako, and this has now been going on for five years, there's hundreds of Romans who come and meet here And we si- we find ourselves Like sleepwalkers Treading an old footstep 2,059 years on We're still imagining the world And we're still telling stories So that is, if you like uh, the, the, the the story of how this place came to be In relation to the imperial villa But then what happened was that I was uh, uh, Being uh, essentially, I suppose uh, Un sognatore I'm a bit of a dream, I know uh, And uh, I'd, I'd imagine a way of mapping the world I was visiting all the world And I'd mapping stories from every part From Japan to North Island, New Zealand To Machu Picchu Passing through Greece and Rome and, and the Mediterranean And uh, uh, this uh, uh, curator of ours Who's very gifted She said you've got to start looking at what's under your feet You have an immense, immense wealth here You have to start working on those stories So in a way we did And we, we started realizing that all this had happened Um, and uh, this actually led to the discovery of certain things about Libya, which has actually generated the next generation, which has created the work, the legacy of the next generation. And that is basically that in the garden where my mother used to play, when she was very young, they came and they uh, removed the the cycle of frescoes, uh, uh, which were in the triclinium, in the dining room, and they moved it to Palazzo Massimo. Because they are actually the most ancient, probably the most ancient, and one of the most extraordinary examples of ancient mural nature art existing in the world. And and so, Livia was not just an empress; she was also she also had a bad name. She was a tough one. I know that she was accused of murdering people, but that may have been some slandering, some male slandering by Tiberius and Tacitus and people, and you know the usual male game, which is you know the males have been trying to hold on to. To control and uh, it's, I think it's slipping away again so it might even out anyway she, she was given a bad name but she was actually a high priestess and she had magical knowledge about these plants in fact she had them uh, illustrated all in bloom simultaneously so it was a political statement but it was also a statement if you look at those paintings there's something very magical going on the birds were flying they seemed like souls the, uh, the, the doves seem like the soul of Livia being transfigured. It's a very mysterious painting. Uh, so, out of this, then we looked at the, the this is, so this was the last the last two years. We looked at the, the plant species, 25 uh, plant species, they're all still growing in our garden. So, in actual fact, we realized it, the frescoes have been taken out and we're going to work to try to get it back again because they've taken away the identity, this thing of moving everything into central uh, museums and people are left with no, not knowing where, who, where they belong or whatever. Uh, and uh, try to get that back Try and get back the statue of Augustus Which is the biggest statue of Augustus ever found Which is down the Vatican Museums That was also in the garden But above all, uh, we have the plants to work with So we started looking at a project uh, Dedicated to Livia's plants To nature, biodiversity And then Cornelia started bringing contemporary artists To give their own reading of, of the works around the, 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 the villa and the plants and this is a generated a project which has involved botanical gardens around the world several universities in italy mainly italy uk and united states and great enthusiasm because this is and we've got some great academics working on reevaluating the whole villa so we got to this particular point here and and at the same time my book the garden of of um, cross destinies told the stories And uh, how much time have we got?
0: well you know what? this is amazing this is actually the first interview I've done where I haven't had to ask a question you just you just give it all it's great <laughs> oh, yeah. it's great well, it's, I mean, like, does nothing. it, is or it or maybe I should turn my questions away from you are they helping you a little bit or is this all coming out in the order that I wanted it to it's brilliant it's I chronologic know, it's, it's sequential it's,
1: uh, uh, luckily it's sequential it doesn't always come out sequentially So you
0: don't need questions you just need a stage Dado right oh, yes. um, Dado where does Dado come from Dado
1: was, uh, was just the I mean, my diminutive uh, as a child, because uh, the um, I think I was christened uh, in, in Rome, and uh, my father, who was Protestant Anglican, uh, was simply not considered by my grandparents. They they, they, they simply uh, uh, acted as if he didn't exist, even when I was born. There. And so the, the, when when you said well, what should we call him, and then my father said Bernard, and they said Bernardo. So I don't know whether I'm called Bernard or Bernardo, but. The, the actual point is that, as a child, I couldn't pronounce Bernardo, and I called it Dado. And it's uh,
0: Dado. But you also have like a great passion for Dadaism. So I have yeah, a Dado, then, Dada. You see, in,
1: in my book, it has uh, 15 great stories, and it runs from the Etruscans to Livia to Constantine. But the last two stories, one is about uh, my grandfather's great friendship with uh, Marinetti, who's uh, the, futurist, the leader of the Futurist. Uh, and then we had our particular... Uh, t- uh, Tie up with the Dadaists. And it's a, it's a branch of Dadaism which is called Dadaism, in fact. It's and it is a story which I think is probably not, not fit for this, but it had to do with the B-Death.
0: Okay, well, so, I thought about starting this podcast with I found like a recording of a Dadaist poem. Do you know this one? It's quite a famous Dadaist poem and it sounds like gobbledygook, but it's actually. Well, that's, um,
1: then it's. It sounds a like
0: absolute nonsense. It's well, that's, yeah.
1: wonderful. The, the Dadaist really wanted to break up completely the, the conventional frames of, of, of
0: language, even of what apparently and it was undoing and language. And they were just yeah. mad hatters,
1: wonderful mad hatters, and I think they they really were amongst the best things about contemporary art, which I utterly love. So, mostly I have to say.
0: So story gardens, stories and places, story mapping. The word story is you own it. It's very important to everything you do. Um, and you created all of these companies dedicated to the art of st- storytelling. Can you tell me um, some tips on how to be a good storyteller? Oh,
1: well, I, I, there is actually no formal, if you look at, read books about it, you'll never find out. I think it's really um, find your identity. That's the first thing. The, the, the storytelling comes starts with identity. You have to feel uh, the roots And you just have to feel it strongly in your heart And you have to tell it with passion So there's no formal way People will tell if you're passionate And even if you, if you don't tell it in the right order And if you stutter or whatever It doesn't matter Because the passion will show through The light will show through mm-hmm. So you don't have to worry But you have to what you have to do Is you have to, well, learn to live And live passionately uh, And that's not that easy actually These days, I must say
0: and so would you say story is your passion? It is
1: my passion, but I have to say that in the last chapter of my life, which literally happened about a month ago, maybe something has replaced stories my passion because I realized that our coexistence with the plant, plant world supersedes any intellectualization about the value of stories now. This is about su- su- survival of the species now. And that's where, I don't know whether I should say that now, but that's really where all of this has taken us to.
0: Well, and you've got a book coming out this yeah. year, a the manifesto of the living creatures. Well, that is
1: really what happens after this book, which is The Garden of Cross Destinies, because in the final analysis, we see that all these green men and all these plants are present in the history and the legend of these uh, stories, and the, the various dramatis persona from Livia to Orlando. But, and then we, we do start realizing the importance of plants. We have, uh, we have Darwin, we have Stefano Mancuso. But in the final analysis, well, we all realize the importance of plants and we tell wonderful stories. Apollo and Daphne who turns into a laurel or a Pan and Syrinx who turns into a, a pan, uh, a pan uh, pipe. But do we know how to speak to the plants? So that's the third thing. And I, I'd actually put this as the last question before finishing my book, which is going will be published this year, one week later. And this just shows that if you actually put these questions out there, the answers do come in various forms. Uh, this past friend of mine from Russia said, came. Look, I've got this this guy you've got to meet. He said, um, and he brought this uh, Russian man of the woods. Actually, he was half Russian, half Incas. Would you believe he was actually a living green man, which is what I've been asking about, and. Uh, he um, very strange eyes he had and he, said, we started talking about the green man you know, the green man is a, is a figure that has represented through history uh, the example of man penetrated by nature nature penetrated by man but it was really about man trying to find his coexistence with nature as an expression of it it was very often an intellectual expression and all the characters run through it but ultimately the question is who is this green man? and the green man answers the question he says we are all green men the problem is not who is a green man who is not but who is aware of being a green man we drink the water we breathe the air we eat the food and it all comes from the plant kingdom so how can we possibly think that we are not green like the plant kingdom the only problem is our, our ability to understand that and to listen to what this great intelligence is telling us and so this led to a work which we've already started where he said the green man said I want you to be my mouthpiece because there is a very urgent message about what is happening today and that is the plant kingdom consider mankind as their uh, younger uh, brothers if you like their younger uh, siblings and they want to look after them but they say that if man continues to attack uh, the natural kingdom then the natural kingdom will have to fight back and become uh, aggressive uh, so he said what is happening now with the virus and what is seen you just see it before us in the world is, is the plant kim- kingdom reacting out of self-defense but there is there is a way and it's just really to listen to listen to them so if I may just conclude this particular one and it's, uh, was that uh, 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 there was a wonderful quotation from Ruskin whom we worked with Brandt with and he used to say that a uh, hundred people could act for someone who can speak people can speak for someone who can see I would actually add to that thousands of people can see for someone who can hear so it's about hearing and seeing and uh, he put me the, the, the green man he put me before the the question of actually beginning to try and hear the voice of the plants which obviously doesn't come to us in the way that we would expect because they don't communicate like we do but they do communicate and he started giving me these extracts of bark, which I started drinking. And I don't know. I don't know. You know.
0: Plant medicine. Plant Something. medicine. I it's a know. thing. I it's a know. thing. And <laughs> and I can believe that the plants <laughs> communicate through tea. Um, you get the energy, of course, essences, of oils, uh, yeah. teas, the energy of that plant gets into your system sure.
1: and but I think the most important thing is that it should be a, a vital plant not inert so very often in these uh, uh, yeah. herb shops you get stuff and it's dead it's dead yeah. it's commercialized so you, you have to go and get the roots of the plant you've got it sent to you and if it's vital by goodness I mean we had we had a laurel tea the first evening he said is laurel your plant let's have laurel tea uh, I that evening I uh, was tea I was fairly strong but I, my right ear completely blocked up that year that night, in the middle of the night, and with my left ear, I could hear deep into the forest. And there were all these sounds of animals and strange noises going on. I thought, my God, if a cup of tea could do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. And so was it uh, a meditation? Was it a ceremony, drinking this?
1: Oh, it is. But what 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 does come to you, actually, I found, I can't actually hear any voices or anything like that, but I came, uh, what has come up, uh, upon me is, first of all, a lifting of a great weight. It's mm. like l- some of the stuff that I thought I was carrying, I'm not carrying it because there's other things carrying it for me, and I don't have to worry about it. So I became much lighter, and I became much happier. What I felt is that some a kind of showering of love of some kind that came to me. I, I mean, I, maybe I sound nuts, but I've been feeling a lot better since I've been doing this, you know. Um,
0: well, so, can we well, talk a bit about your um, early experiences with meditation? Because sure, maybe sure, that's sure. informing. Well, it helped. It's of it's opened your mind. So you went to India in the 60s. Was it the 60s no, when you was went to uh, India?
1: Late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. Okay, yeah, still
0: yeah. a groovy time to head to India. Groovy time. I
1: mean, I, you should see. I mean, Kabul was a rocking place in those days. <laughs> I mean, you know, and of course, everybody was completely spaced out. You couldn't see. You couldn't see a person walking straight down the road. And there was Brown Sugar playing. You know, with Rolling Stones, and it was. But at the same time, it was. You know, there was that happening. But on the outer roads, it was still savage. And I, I, I cycled across most of Afghanistan, and you know, it was. It was tough. It was dangerous. And I had some friends of mine had their throat cut, uh, so they died. Uh, So it was. It was that. And but it was above above all. Yeah, not not nice. Uh, Yeah. That was a. It was. It was like a um, a coming of age journey. Uh, Because I couldn't, there were a lot of things I did not like about my education. I felt there was something missing in the heart. Actually, that's the thing, missing in the heart. I think that's partly the key to understanding plant language. It was all in the head, this intellectualization of stuff. And
0: plant language goes directly it's to in the heart. heart. It's You yes.
1: don't have to understand anything. It's all being understood for you.
0: But um, I know you began meditating back yeah. in those days. So well, that, that would I'm, have opened the door to the possibility of yeah, understanding. It, it started. I mean, meditation. obviously I
1: wanted to, to... I was already meditating. I went up and I traveled all over the place and I met lots of great and terrible people. I met Krishnamurti in those days. was was one Amazing.
2: of the great uh, sages.
1: I mean, but he refused the role of a master. Uh, and I met some also some terrible people. But... Uh, 20 years later I really found the person I was looking for and so it was about 20 or more years that I actually meditated uh, all the time and I do consider it a very important part of everything I'm not very good at doing that at the moment I'm too distracted by all this mayhem going around me because this garden may appear like a haven to others but it's like a a hive of activity for me and I can't get peace Apart from my tree, which is a cedar of Lebanon, by the way, that's by your tree. Right?
0: And the now bark, have... the bark of that is yeah, also. Yeah, you,
1: you see the patch we put. Yeah. So was the bark, it took. We, we asked for permission, and we put. It all sounds a bit sort of. A bit
0: no, sort of, I'm uh, into a bit, that. All of this. Out, anyone you know? listening would be into that as well. This is about healing well, and well-being. Other, you know, and
1: this is very important. I, I, was, even Eleonora has had them. My boys. I, I went one night before. I went up into. I went up into the woods to to meet my my Russian friend who came here. And then he has a place up north of Lago Maggiore, which is a Russian house in the, in the forest. And they're all Russian people up there, really fantastic people, I have to say. And I was about to go up there, and I went, I went down to meet uh, Lenora's doctor. Uh, I sometimes accompany her. Uh, she's been unwell, but she's now fine. And the doctor, who's a friend, he said, ah, but, you know, uh, Lenora's telling me you're going up to the woods with a green man, or what, what do you think you're doing, Dado? Do you realize what you're doing, you know, going off and doing all these strange things and drinking all these strange extracts? I said, Gabriele, do you, I mean have you looked at yourselves? Have you just looked at yourselves? Bunch of spaced out ne- neurotic uh, people and, and you're telling me what I should do? <laughs> I mean on what pulpit and he kind of he paused a moment and he said, Yeah, I think you're right, actually. It's worth risking anything. Just to just this this is not. I mean the, the doctors almost killed Eleonora. They were all giving her medicines, another one gave him another medicine, and there was no Family doctor to mediate between all these pharmaceuticals, and she ended up by going to hospital. She almost killed her one day. Has
0: have plant medicines helped her?
1: Well, she's always been that way inclined. You know, she's yeah. always uh, natural medicine. But of course, she's had other issues, and you go to doctors and they give you
0: all these. Uh, Is she okay with us talking about this? Sure, sure. Know yeah. she's yeah. very much. You okay. know, she's very much in tune. We some. should get her. We should get her out here. She will be coming out any minute. In fact, yeah. our our time together is so brief for this recording because we will have family members showing up left right and center it It is it is but I'm really glad I could sit down with you because you are one of the most interesting people I've had the fortune of meeting in Rome and it's wonderful to connect now in at the golden golden hour in this beautiful spot with the crickets chirping and to hear about your evolution from storytelling to plants and the stories and the knowledge they hold and here they come here come our family members is there anything else you want to say before we wrap this up i think that at the age anything you want people to know yeah i think
1: at the age of 72 the work has all to be done now it starts Uh, it's it's creating the legacy for the young actually
0: speaking of the young hi hello come Come on over yes thank you dado it's been a great pleasure to sit down with you thank you so much
1: thank you
0: do you want to shout out any websites
1: um yeah, it's, uh, the website of this uh, property is Villa anson villaansonseely.com, okay. which really will hold all of this.
0: And the and information about the books and Yeah, like it
1: that. will be also become the observatory onto the outer world. Do
0: you want to say you're listening too? Yes, I need you. I'm recording right now. No, Can you I do your best? I'm recording. Can you say you're listening too? <sighs> this is already a dozen. You're listening to the TLC,
2: The Light Conversations.
0: Thank you!